There's so many things that the Bible has to say of what the kingdom of God will look like when it gets here. We are looking at those things right now, and today we're going to look at some important ones, so stay with us. Welcome. We're glad you're with us today. We have been talking about the kingdom of God now for quite a while. And the fact that the kingdom of God on earth was planned in the mind of God from the foundation of the world. So this is not just a New Testament or Old Testament, chronologically speaking, thing, but it is, it is the mind of God. It makes you wonder about the earth. Uh, it makes you wonder about the uh, importance of the earth in the grand schema of the universe. Uh, it's, it's, it's a mystery that's a little bit beyond us that this globe that we're on actually has the kind of significance that Scripture assigns to it and that God intends to replicate the kingdom of God in heaven just as it is in heaven, on earth. And this is not some temporary thing that he's doing, but this is something that is eternal. He makes it very clear that this is an eternal program that he is doing. And so um, we have been looking at what this kingdom of God on earth is going to look like. What is it going to look like? Uh, And the Bible, surprisingly to many, the Bible has much to say about what it looks like. Uh, the creation of it and the operation of the kingdom as compared to earth life today. Today, when we talk about earth life, we're talking about earth life under the conditions of existential finitude. Big words. But, but it means that we are existing in the finite world differently than what our essence was supposed to be or what the essential world, meaning the world that has all of its original planned components, that's essence. The essence of something is it has all of its ingredients in rich fullness. Okay, so you and I have never lived in the earth with it being like that. We live in existence because of the fall and um, this this transcends a theological discussion. It actually becomes uh, and is one of the most major philosophical discussions in the world or in the history of philosophy. That is existentialism. Well, the big broad term that we talk about or that philosophers talk about or that professors talk about or anybody talks about um, called existentialism goes to the very root of the theological proposition. Uh, that the Bible gives to us, and that is, is that you're right. Existentialism means it exists different than its essence, than its perfection, than its fullness with all of its intended original rich ingredients. It's less than that. And the Bible tells us that's true because of the fall. And since the fall, the Bible lets us know that there was a curse or a fallenness that comes upon the man, 
There's a fallenness that comes upon the woman. There's a fallenness that comes upon the earth itself. And there's a fallenness that comes up on the predator that instigated the fall of man and woman, and that is the serpent. And so um, here is the construct when we look at this. And now Jesus said, when you pray, one of the very first things he said was, pray thy kingdom. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth even as it is in heaven. Think about that. On earth even as it is in heaven. And so the proposition here is is that God's kingdom is indeed coming to the earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus is praying for that to happen. The sooner the better. And so there are characteristics of this uh, the kingdom of God on earth that are different than what the world is as we see it now in its existential condition. And one of them that we've looked at briefly is that it'll jump natural guidelines. Uh, it'll be characterized by supernatural manifestations of the power of God everywhere. Uh, uh, enemies will be supernaturally vanquished. Uh, God's people will experience many miracles in seeing that their return to Jerusalem is effected. There will be a, a, a globe-girdling revival, not only among Jewish people, but among Gentiles around the world. It'll be a worldwide revival. Uh, scripture's clear on that. We'll talk about that some more, and we've already talked about that some. Uh, the gathering of the saints has numerous just astounding supernatural elements tied to it, uh, as well as does the uniting of God's people, how that's going to happen. All of those things are part and parcel. That's kind of where we left off uh, up until now. Here's another thing that is going to happen in the new heavens and new earth. The original grant of land uh, in the millennium to the Jews will also be confirmed. Whatever the original land grant was, God will confirm it. The boundaries given scripturally are the Mediterranean, uh, the Nile River, the Euphrates River, and that's kind of that kind of gives you the uh, a geographical location that was promised to Israel initially. Uh, and the Euphrates River, I think I said that. But So while David and Solomon's reign was Israel's high point, it was the halcyon days of the nation, the description includes some areas not previously possessed, even in their day. And so when you look at this, you begin to see that there is going to be a kingdom of God established according to the pattern that he already initiated and that that pattern is going to be fulfilled both spiritually and geopolitically on the earth and that this will be a real kingdom and a real world and all of the things that we have talked about have been extremely positive um the way that agriculture works, uh, the fact 
of uh, no sickness. And you think about the reverberating implications of what you say when there's no sickness. Then the, the entire cost of the health care systems is eradicated. And uh, that money stays in the pocket of the people who make that money and do not have to spend it on health care. Uh, there will be no war. And so if there's no war, there is no military needs, no military presence, no, no taxation for military materiel. All of this becomes unnecessary. And so another multi-multi-billion dollar expenditure every year is done away with uh, due to the change, the, the organic changes that are created with the kingdom that reigns on the earth. And there will be no need for locks on the doors. There will be no need for security systems. All of these things that we're talking about will, uh, will create a, a radical uh, change. And there will be a radical redistribution of wealth in the sense that everyone who lives in that kingdom and lives reasonably will have wealth of their own because of the productivity and the plenty that will exist where there is plenty prices go down so the cost of things will be greatly reduced because there will be plenty and uh, uh, all of this is just a little bit of what we see when we talk about the coming the kingdom of God now another very very large subject is the question of how will the kingdom of God come to earth? How will the kingdom of God come to earth? Now, there are people, there's little groups hidden out in the forest today that say they are the people that are getting ready to set up the kingdom of God. This has been going on for centuries. People have been doing this for centuries. Uh, there are people who think that the kingdom of God is going to be established by their military prowess and that their particular nation is going to rise up, that their nation are the people of God and it's going to rise up uh, and it's going to conquer the world. Uh, some of these grandiose ideas were in perverted forms brought into uh, the thinking of Adolf Hitler and uh, before him, others who had similar ideas uh, about conquering the world and uh, bringing one world government. We have the whole concept of one world government being introduced to us uh, every day through the United Nations. And many people think that that is a precursor, that the League of Nations back in 1917 was actually the first precursor uh, and then the United Nations are the precursor to a one world government. And there are many people who believe that the only hope for the future of the world is that there will be one world government. So someone says, well, where would, where would you stand on that? How would you feel about that? Well, I agree that the hope of the world in the future is one world government. I agree with that. 
In that sense, I'm a globalist. The difference is, though, I don't believe that the one world government will be one that is instituted by humans outside of Jesus Christ as king. There will be a one world government, and it will work, and it will be utopic compared to everything any of us have ever seen. But it will not be one that's created by the ingenuity of people who are figuring out how they can get what they want and so forth. This is not how it's going to happen. The one world government's coming is the one that we're talking about and that I'm going to be telling you about and giving you really insightful information about how that, how that kingdom is going to come, how that kingdom is going to be uh, not like virtual on a screen, but that is going to be real and is going to be brought into actuality. So the actualization of the kingdom of God on earth is an incredibly important subject. And I will be giving you four or five different examples of how people thought the kingdom of God was coming to the earth. But they were wrong. But there is a right way. I will give you two ways that in the Bible that they thought the kingdom of God was going to come to the earth that comes out of the Old Testament and uh, talk about talk about those two ways and how that this was actually the foundation for what the Pharisees and others believed in the days of Jesus about the coming of the kingdom of God because that was a major issue on everybody's mind when they talked about Jesus they were they were thinking constantly of Jesus in regards to how the kingdom of God is coming to the earth. And Jesus was saying things that looked like they were preposterous, that he was going to be the king. And so they were working hard to try to figure all of this out. And so I might say, all of the attempts to figure out the the coming of the kingdom of God to earth by rational thought minus scriptural revelation all come to uh, negative conclusions, mistaken conclusions, ideas that do not reflect what the Bible says is coming. So stay with us. The next thing we're going to talk about is how the kingdom of God comes to the earth.